Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Mark Lynn. With me again is JD. After a fantastic week in the Red Bull ring, how was that, mate? It was some I mean, good racing. We weren't there, but it was... I'd love to be there. Yeah, but very picturesque. It's a beautiful track, isn't it? Up mm. in the mountains there. 700 metres above sea level, I believe. Yes, I did. I did hear that a few times. Several across times the weekend. throughout the announcement, yeah. throughout the broadcast <laughs> they, on the they, weekend. They love plugging the the track stats. Yes, um, mm. a little bit, a little bit thinner up there. The areas, yeah, yep. Beautiful green mountains in the background, rolling mountains. Beautiful. It's, it's amazing. I remember driving. Oh, it's completely off topic, but I remember driving through Europe um, with my mate and my with Mitch actually, my brother in the car, and we heading down towards Austria and. <laughs> Big flat bit of the road, and then all of a sudden, the mountains in the background, and Daniel's in the back of the car. He's like, "Mountains, Gandalf!" Like, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good, but um, yeah. So, well, what a weekend we had! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I suppose we won't get too far into the race. Won't but get it too a, far into it. it a lot of upsets in the race. Yeah, yeah. very unpredictable. Yep. But let's um, we'll jump straight off into the news. Something that pretty much got announced the day of the release that we. Weren't allowed to talk about last week <laughs> yeah, because we were recording two days before the announcement was coming out, but we didn't want to, yes. not that I was ever going to release it early. But Bryce Forward will be driving the F, no, he won't be driving the FG. He will be driving the VF, the Todd Hazelwood campaign to the Super 2 Championship last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, they were going to do a test day in it, but I don't think they ended up doing the test day. It, was, uh, it rained. They, I know um, the Kostecki brothers definitely abandoned the test. Yeah, I think they might have abandoned it for Bryce as well, so I don't think it actually happened in the end. But they're going to now try uh, the VF on and see how that goes, see if they can move up the the grid a bit because they're obviously having a lot of dramas with both of these FGXs of of Todd Hazelwood's and Bryce Forward. Well, according to the media, is to concentrate more on Todd's car. Yes, yes. I think there's uh, multiple things going on there, but yes, definitely. Yes. Well, how do you think the VF will go? Like, Bryce hasn't driven it, but this will mean that he's driven every make and model in the Super 2 Series. It's true, yes. He's driven a VE, a Nissan Altima, a FG, an FGX, and now a VF. Yep, he's he's ticking all the boxes there and getting getting a bit of wheel time. And also on the Super 2s, we will be seeing a new Super 2 team hitting the grid. Um. Was it Gerald McLeod? I believe it is. They had a trouble-free test, so they're quite happy. They'll be using the old VF that Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport had spare, because I believe he has got one or two chassis sitting around. Yep. Um, and he figured, yep, might as well just lease it off because they're not doing anything. And um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to see how competitive those old cars are in the Super Two field compared to what they were in the main game. Yeah, look, I think they're still going to struggle with those old cars. The, the Super 2 field is full of actually quite competitive cars. That Well, they were, cars like, they were last year's main game cars. Yes, so you know, most of them are either a year old or maybe three years old. Um, they're nearly current spec, where that's obviously quite a, a, mm. a early model VF um, Commodore. Yes, well, and also other quick news... Walkinshaw have changed their livery for this weekend. What do you think about it? It's quite nice. Do you want to describe think, yeah. it? Yeah, so they, they've gone away from the the, the dayglow. Um, is it orange? Yeah, red? I think it's a dayglow orange. orange or a dayglow red. Yeah, uh, um, for the Boost Mobile um, liveries on their cars, and they're actually gone to a white. And I actually think it's quite catching. It's it, it's going to stand out a, a, a bit more. I think. Yeah, well, they're using that this weekend 
They will be using it at the the Sydney Super Night 300 and as well at the Benz Motorsport Complex. So they're trialing it for the three rounds. Um, I think it's going to look really good. I believe this is going to stand out very well in the Su- Sydney Super Night. I keep thinking because they could super sprints. But anyway, at the nighttime race. Yep. Um, and it's going to look good under under lights. Yeah, it's quite interesting to see the photo they've actually used to promote uh, this. Looks quite strategic with the cars that yeah, may be in well, the background. I noticed that there's no Commodores; they're all um, Chevys. They are. That's right. Yes. Wasn't well, it Walkinshaw is the importer of Chevy? Yes. So um, they they are the importer. They're, they're the ones that are going to be bringing in the, the Camaros, um, and they've also got a. What looks to be well, one of the trucks. A Come, Silverado. Yeah, I can't. I can't HSV Camaro. That's Silverado. What's HSV Camaro, but yep. it's got a Chevy badge. Yeah. So it will be um, very interesting to see where they go next year. Mm. Maybe that could be with the rules changed to allow Mustangs in. It very much has opened the door for other two door vehicles. It could be interesting to see whether they go that way to step away from Holden after sort of losing the. The Holden uh, mo- Monarch, yeah, or yeah, the, what do you want to call it? Yeah, motorsport Marky team, thing. basically. Yeah. Um, so the the works team, I guess you would call it. Um, so th- yeah, that, that would be interesting to see if they want to step away from that or not, or or they want to stick with putting money in Roland Dane's pockets. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really want to be doing that. No, probably not. And the only other livery I really wanted to talk about just quickly before they go is HP has. It's branding on all the triple eight cars. Now that's fine. I have no issue with, you know, companies being signed onto the car sponsors, but Jesus, mate. Lounsey's car, the bonnet, is now I don't even know what was on the bonnet. Was it all black or something before? I think it had Autobahn written on the bonnet. Probably. But now it's got a big bloody big blue HP logo on it that looks so out of place. Look, the the Red Bull Commodore doesn't worry me that much. It it's it definitely does tick, worry me. I seen that this ticks, morning, ticks, and I was just Michael. like, God, it's like, oh, where do we put it on there? We just slap it on the middle. Who cares what it looks like? I mean, no, oh, I I don't know. I'll I'll get over it, but it just just doesn't look nice. The rest of the car is quite nice: silver, black, yellow, and then you got a big blue circle on the bonnet. Yeah, anyway, they got to get the money from somewhere. Well, it's because they're pretty working, sure Lowndes they're, they're costs now, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, Lowndes probably does cost them some money, but it's their HP will become the official technicals. Um, well, the PC hardware, mon- uh, their technical supplier, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think they've got a really high tech 3D printing capabilities. Yeah. So Roland and that was basically saying, well, we can you now produce a bit more in-house parts. HP Australia's 3D printing service will further enhance our current capabilities to print components engineered in-house. There you go. So that's obviously why they're like, we'll use you and we'll stick your big bloody blue sticker on the front of the car. <laughs> now. You got that out, mate. I got it out. I'd Does it feel better? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Should we jump over to the Formula One? I think so. I think so. Do you want to Do you want to chat about qualifying? Oh, Do you have much notes? Oh, well, there, there, yeah, I've got a, not not heaps. Um, right, let's, let's it was it was in another interesting weekend. Obviously, the Red Bull Ring is notorious for being harsh on the cars. Since they did the this sort of revamp of the track a few years ago, um, did you see Martin Brundle's are, little thing about the history of the track and like how dangerous it was? Yeah, yeah. And then like it's pretty much unchanged for like when they had the racing in like two thousands. Yeah, yep. 
So they used to have a forest section where it was uh, a bit sketchy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You go, you either hit the, you know, you got the grass, and then you got trees on the yeah, outside. That's yeah. nice. Everyone loves trees on racetracks. Yeah, especially in cars made out of back then like thin pieces of aluminium and <laughs> yeah. tube. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was notoriously um, hard, hard on the cars again, and it, it improved it. it. It found the weak points in uh, all the front wings it could. Oh, Alonso's. Yeah. Well, between Alonso, Hartley, uh, and Hartley, That's and right. Hartley, did uh, Hartley break his wing twice, or was it just the one? Hartley once? broke tw- uh, three wing, three three, three rings. rings, three wings, wings. wings. Yes, yep. sorry. Um, uh, Stroll broke, I think, three as well. Uh, Alonso broke two, I think. Mm. Uh, it was it, the wing count was going through the roof. Um, there was rumours that. Maybe um, McLaren were flying wing, new wings in from England um, overnight, so that would that was uh, interesting to see because they were getting quite low on spares and they still had to go through qualifying and whatnot. This is just from Force practice. India. Ran, oh, not Force India. Sorry, Toro Rosso won, run out of wings, so Hartley had to get an old wing. Old on. spec wing. Yep. Mm. So they had a new um, new wing for this this uh, this round, and they only had two, I think, allocated for both cars. Um, Gasly was pretty well behaved. Um, I think he ended up breaking one, one of his, but, um, overall he was pretty well behaved and they kept the last one there in case he broke his his wing at the start of the race or in qualifying so that his car wouldn't have to be sort of changed, set up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so Hartley had to go back to the old one, which is a shame because that was, uh, they, they said there was a bit of time in the the new one, uh, the way it designed the airflow with those three little, um, cutouts and designed the way the air flowed a bit better on the front wing there. So that was, that was pretty interesting to see that, you know, they didn't have enough spares obviously for a track where they thought that was going to happen. We're coming up to Silverstone. Remember that year, Silverstone, where Weber had the, uh, you know, the B car. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He had the different front wing and that didn't, didn't, didn't bother him. Yes, this is true. This is true. Sometimes it, the the drivers might like a different thing from the car as well. The Mm. feedback might be, from one driver that they like the old setup and one driver might like the new setup. It's, it's, it's very hard with that sort of stuff. But yeah, I was surprised the number of wings, especially like Al- I remember seeing Alonso's in qualifying and just coming off wide on the last corner and just Bang. really smash that. Oh, was it the yellow? Yeah, bollard? the little sausage curbs. The sausage curbs, yeah. But it's also the, just the angle of the... Because it is so, slightly downhill run. Yeah, so one of them, it, it's the vibrations of the... So last year was more just the vibrations and the oscillation of the wings were breaking. This year, it's been more impact damage as they've come around full loaded up and they've hit the bigger curbs, um, which is just like the sleeping policeman or whatever yeah, they call them, yeah. sausage curbs, whatever you like. Big they're just, they're, yeah, they're a, a very large bump for a, a, a Formula One car to go over um, to, to try and stop them from going over and stop using that much, that part of the track. Yep. Um, but they also were on, as they were turning onto the straight, I noticed. The, the sorry where the curves come off the side of the track actually seem to uh, move up a little bit yeah, like they had a bit, a bit of, of a angle. Rise yeah, over it, yeah yeah and and i think they were actually bottoming out as well as hitting those uh, yellow curves that was causing the dramas well there was a lot of damage um do you have i mean i've got a little bit of talking points with the red bull with um qualifying do you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we Talk about the Red Bull boys not behaving properly. Well, one big thing for me was Force India. I'm, I'm not sure if the money's dried up or they're not. They're not updating their yeah, cars. Where was he last? No, 
Sergio Perez, yeah, seventeenth. So Perez didn't make it out of um of Q one, which is very very odd. He had a few issues. He was talking about it in the in the in the press uh, ring yeah. afterwards. Yep. Um, it, you know, just a few issues that that overall cost him. And this track being such a short lap, so in in Q one he, he was you know a couple of tenths away from being allowed into Q two. And it's it's not much around that track. You no, know. it's not. Well, you you one tenth like, takes a long a long time around well, that track. One minutes, but I swear it's yeah. It's like what one minute four, one minute three is like a lap time around there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty quick. So ten two turns. to three tenths is a long way on that track. Yeah. Um, which was actually such an impressive thing for what Mercedes did to the rest of the field. Really, they were just on game during qualifying. Anyway, Saturday was their day. It, they were. They were. They were. Well, in in the the end of qualifying, the the two Mercedes did Valtteri did an awesome job, fantastic of coming out on pole. Like he sounded really perfect. happy over the radio. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, and energized as well. It was mm. not a downbeat. I was really looking forward content. to the start of the race because I was like, "Yep, Valtteri's on pole. You know, he's all he's worked up. He's got this. Let's see him really shine." Unfortunately, well, I mean, we know what happened, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, another thing I come away from qualifying was how strong Haas is. Uh, they put a few updates oh on their car God, and how Hass strong was they were. Fantastic! They like Roman Grosjean out qualified Ricardo. Yeah. Yep. And um, it wasn't just by luck either. No, he did consistent pace. pace, high pace laps. Like when Martin Brundle was doing his grid walk and he asked um, Gunter Steiner, like, you know, what's it like? And he's like, it's great. You know, you're generally competing up at the front. You're not the fourth team. You know, the fourth team competing with everyone else. You're the fourth team competing at the front now. Yeah, well, Kevin Magnussen's time wasn't even that far behind uh, Daniel Ricciardo's. It was about a tenth, um, well, not even a tenth, sorry, uh, off Daniel Ricciardo's time. So it, he almost qualified in front of a Red Bull as well. That mm. was pretty impressive effort from them in qualifying this weekend. All right. All right. Talk Red about Bull your, boys uh, behaving badly. Yes, talk about your Red Bull disagreement. Like, what was this? Like, okay, I understand this is the only track on the calendar that you really get three runs in qualifying. Yeah. Red Bull have a thing dating back to the day that they were Red Bull. Yeah. They don't have a the number one ages, driver. Yes. Right? They don't have a number one driver, so they're all drivers are treated equally. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, no one can see what you just did. Yeah, okay, I did the quotations on equally. But <laughs> yeah. This, okay, these two drivers, I believe they're treated more equally than, say, their previous driver, not the previous driver pairing, but the ones before Previ- that. Oh, okay, okay, we won't put labels on anything. No, we no, don't want to label. We don't want to label. It's 2018, we can't label things anymore. But yes, I know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, okay. When A they... certain German and Australian driver, yeah. you're saying maybe there was not complete... Parody, yeah. Okay, but there is at the parody. at the moment. At the moment I do believe there's, yeah, yes. I do believe there's a good parody. Yes, they know that one weekend one driver goes out and punches a hole in it, you know, in the air, and the other driver gets to follow it and drive in that hole. And then the week after that, or the next round, another driver goes out in the front. Why was Ricardo thinking? He's entitled to it. Was it just because it's the third run? Like he thought, oh, screw it. Let me have one more run. Like you I go think, ahead. Yeah, I think that it was a bit of a disagreement over the fact that this is the only track on the calendar where they will get three runs in Q3. I think that's all it was. I'm not sure. Do you think sure. they both I'm, being a bit little childish? Uh, Max no, like, no, I think Max is, it had... Max had, this could be I controversial for an Australian to say this, but I think Max, Max had every had right. right. Yeah. Uh, unless there was a pre-agreement with, between... 
the engineers to, but listening to it back in the pre-race stuff, uh, when they actually see that, that Fom did what they normally do and they play the radio messages around the wrong way and whatnot to try and make you make the it look different, worse than what it is. Yeah. So yeah. So when it was live, they played that. You know, Max let him past. You know, well, Max go past him. Max, just go. You know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it sounded like Max's engineer was saying, look, you know, the agreement was you're going to take one, you're going to do one in front. But you listen to it back with both their radio messages in sync and it's yeah. not what happened. So It's almost they were both just going, telling them to go. Just like, get over it. Stop being childish. Yeah. Just put your foot down. Let's, let's get some racing in. And did, like, Ricardo didn't go faster, but Max went faster on the last run, didn't he? Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other uh, the other thing, this track is a bit like Monza. It has quite long straights. Um, yeah, it's got two really long ones. I think so, they had three DRS zones this weekend. Yeah. So they, they think, well, I'd say Daniel was saying that essentially that the toe is actually worth a lot here, where at other tracks the toe... They might, so a much. lot of the time, at like high down force tracks, they don't want the tow. They want to get away from the car in front. Mm. They want to be three to four seconds behind it so that they don't get any air. dirty air. Yeah. Um, where now at this track, it's a big gain. So the Red Bulls were estimating, I think it was up to seven tenths they lose on a qualifying lap. Oh, really? From their, their, their power disadvantage. Probably a bit of their aero, the way they run their aero too. They tend to run a higher down force setting than they other always cars. Do. But they make t- they make up for the fact that they're down on power via apex speed, so it, it's a hard one. It, it is. And the other thing I guess we should really chat about is um, Sebastian Vettel impeding Esteban Ocon. No, was it Esteban Ocon? Or was it was Ocon. Yeah, it was Ocon. Yeah. yeah. Um, big big thing to come out of qualifying. Yeah, that yeah, was huge. Those three grid place penalties he got. Yep. Um, actually changed really the the, the grid a fair bit as well. It put. Him behind a fair few slower cars. Yeah, well, three, I would have made him start basically seventh or yep. six. Yeah, he would have started. Starting grid. Let's click that button. There we go. Six. Yeah. He started six. Roman Grosjean went up to fifth. Yep. But yeah, so that, that changed the, the grid a fair bit mm. with um, Sebastian going down to sixth. It was you know a big shake-up, really. It, it gave Max a good chance to get off the line well. Roman Grosjean was always not going to have the race pace of the top three teams. No. So it put him in between Sebastian and and obviously who his main rival is, is Lewis, yeah. for the championship. It was a big strategic thing that would have had to play in Ferrari's heads as well, like how they're going to run their race. You know, Are they going to go hard at the start, maybe an early stop or whatnot, especially because the track temperature was up so high. It was. The, it was like 20 the, degrees Sunday, higher yeah. than what they'd all had worked on it was like they were doing 26 de- yeah 46 degrees. degree track temp where on the saturday and friday it was like 20 yeah yep it's unbelievable so they I'm had no used, data on the i'm tires. not used to that much like tire that, that temperature variance yep it's huge absolutely huge all right well we might as well jump onto the start of the race unless you've got one any more notes or you're just turning page to oh no, no it no, says race. race there you go in jd's notebook yep do you walk up and down the notebook? Do you, no, I think it's great. I didn't take notes this weekend, but I remember it. Do you walk up and down the pit lane and just having chats and just like writing notes? No? Maybe. 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 maybe I not. don't know. 
I didn't see that book at Hidden Valley, that's for sure. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright. You, you done making fun of my book? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm done. You're probably going to make fun of it. There's no bloody... I did make fun. Box. I actually hit Stuart up. Sorry. Like, yeah. Fan yeah. of ours. <laughs> good listener of the show. Yeah, good listener. Um, To install your whiteboard for you. I said, it doesn't look so good in this box. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I've, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've, I was busy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Excuses. I was excuses. busy. Just don't look at my Steam account. All right? Okay. Busy, busy doing. logging hours. Logging hours in a game. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Got a new computer, so it's going to be good fun. Yeah. <laughs> righty. The start of the race. Lights out and what happened? Who didn't go anywhere? Who didn't go anywhere? Oh, Bottas really didn't get off the line very well. I thought he did pretty well. The two Mercedes were pretty equal up into the first corner, but the you Ferraris know, no were starting on the softer their... compound tyre, so ah, it did give true. them the launch. Um, no one kept their opening grid position. No one kept go. their starting grid position in the first lap. Everyone moved around. That's funny, actually, yeah. Mm. There you go. Well, Valtteri well, Bottas dropped back a he lot. Did. He dropped down to like fourth, I think it was. But Raikkonen, oh my God, how good was that? Yeah, well, on the start, that launch he got, and then to put it very much in danger zone between the two Mercedes. I thought he was um, going to touch Bottas. I thought they were, the two Mercedes were going to pinch him. Mm. Like, Take both of them out. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was going to be, they both started to move in on him, and he didn't, like he sort of just held his line. Um, and that, yeah, they, they all just stopped with maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not much between the, all three cars. God, it was I'm good a, racing. I watched the first corner. You watch the out, out, like you watch the cameras, the view from like the outside of the cars and stuff like that. And you see, you know, Vout, uh, not Valtteri, um, Rackin and get up the inside and then you're like, oh, you ran wide up the next corner. It felt like it took so long to get to that next corner. But then when you watch the onboard. You kind of see why, because where he was in that compromise for turn one, he just sort of, that's where he got held out for turn two. And it's just so much quicker on board than it is watching it yeah. from the outside. And did you notice how much, how quickly he got back on the track as well? Yeah. Watching it outside, it felt like he was off the track for ages, but he on barely lost. Like, boom, boom. He didn't lose hardly any speed. Yep. Um, I guess he, as soon as he went out, you see him, it's like, boom, straight aim for that entry point back again. Yeah. Yep. But, oh, that toe or whatever that Bottas had, that drive off turn two. Yeah, yeah. So Max and... Uh, and Max and Kimi, Kimi were, were having fighting. a bit of a battle. Yep. And then uh, Valtteri come off uh, turn two, I think it was. Yep. yep. And chased them down the straight. And, and he went got around a double out- toe. And then just went around moved. the outside. Yeah, he did. Into the braking zone. He just held the racing line and went straight around the outside. And wasn't Toto happy. Yeah. He was static. Yep. At this point of the race, <laughs> yes, yep. yes. Yep. What's what's yours? What were you having a laugh at? No, no, I'm listening. No, to that. Yeah, oh, that, okay. that Toto was happy at that point of the race. Oh yes, at that, that point, point of the race, race, yes. Toto was happy. He was like, yes, and you know, doing his usual thing. And I was a happy boy too because I'm like, I've got these points. <laughs> I've got these points. So that, that everyone uh, would n- like to know that Lewis was obviously in the lead Lewis while everyone else lead. was battling. Everyone else. And because I seen him, because I did think, I'm like, oh, well, it's pretty much a race to the first corner. Valtteri probably could get it, you know, but, you know, whatever. Hamilton getting that plane, I was like, good, because, you know, I haven't got anywhere near as many points as you. And I really think that we're just jumping between the two drivers 90% of the time. It's, it's just true, whoever it's gets ahead. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a 50% to... <laughs> it's 50% chance. It's yeah. 50% chance. Well, and probably, unfortunately, well, this, one was a, this was bad because I remember we spoke about like, oh, would Red Bull go well? And you're like, nah, Red Bull don't do too well here. Well, traditionally they do not. Red Bull as a race team had only led five laps at the Austrian Grand Prix. And the Martin Brundle and David Croft kept wanting to tell us that Sergio Perez, just one driver, has led 11 of those laps. <laughs> 11 laps. <laughs> yes, yes. It's true. It's true. They've had unluck, well, un- been unlucky at their home home event. Like, I get, do you call it their home event? Because Silverstone's really their home event. Isn't Silverstone like everyone's home event? Well, it's Mercedes, uh, Red Force Bull, India. Force Indias, and McLaren. Williams, and McLaren. Okay, so it's not Ferrari, <laughs> and it's Toro not Rosso because their home events is Sauber. Sauber, where Sauber's Swiss. But isn't their headquarters in... I don't know where Sauber's headquarters are. Actually, it could be England. I'm pretty sure Sauber's headquarters... All right, Sauber's headquarters is... It's in Switzerland. There you go. There you go. And very nice looking. Like, it's just... It's very odd to have a race team based in Switzerland, considering Uh, they banned racing. It definitely is. Well, actually, we spoke the other week. It was the first time in 63 years that Swiss had motorsport racing. But it's Hinwil, Switzerland. There you go. So, okay. There you go. That's not their home Grand Prix. But everyone else's home Grand Prix. Well, they do not have a home Grand Prix. There you go. Maybe they just use the German one because it's so close. Maybe. Maybe not. Anyway. Anyway. Enough about that. Where were we at? <laughs> uh, well, it was, it, we were talking about it. It was weird. Oh, that, Red that, Bull yeah. in their home Grand Prix. Well, maybe it's only their home Grand Prix. Oh. They are an Austrian team, allegedly, based in Milton <laughs> Keys, which is in England. Yeah. I guess the owner is Aust- Austrian. Austrian. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he sponsors it. You know, if you maybe he maybe had the, the Patronus money. ring, you know, you'd think maybe that's Mercedes race ring. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's, it's their home race that they're not from. I think we got a few laps of good racing in at the start, initially. After, you know, everyone settled down after the first lap. And I was watching this race going, man, we got some good passing. Yeah, like, well, there was movement all throughout the grid. Vettel was making his way past. So, Vettel actually had a pretty interesting start as well. He went off the track a couple of times. He made up yeah, a few he spots. Lost a he lost a lot of positions went backward at, the, again. at the start. Yeah. So, uh, he ended up making his way back up to the back of Daniel Ricciardo, which was sitting in fourth. And then one of the Renaults decided to perspire, one of the new Renault engines. <sighs> Uh, I like Hulkenberg. <laughs> I do. I, I feel sorry for him because I think, is he still got the record for the most number of starts without a race win? I believe so because he, he hasn't does. won yet. He does. He does. I don't think it's just a win. I think it's podium. Yeah. He's never been on the podium. And he's just, he's really tall. And as a tall person myself, I know we struggle in motorsport. It was a thing. You you messaged me the other day. I didn't get it, but it's fine. You were like, oh, I might get a hot lap. You know, how tall you have to be under 186 centimeters? 185. 185. I'm 186. So he's just going to slouch everybody if he gets it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm definitely under the weight limit. I can get that. That's easy. I've got 20 kilos to play with with that. Yeah, yeah. The weight limit's not too restrictive, I guess. But the height, oh. This is why I walk around the pits and you're like, look at me, I tower over everyone. <laughs> There's a few tall drivers out there in V8s. Yeah, Garth Tan is pretty tall. Yeah, Shane's pretty tall. 
Yeah, so why is he? Why was why is the restrictions 185 centimeters? I I don't know. That's Maybe it's race a race suit, suit thing. Yeah, they I mean, I don't have extra tall belts. race suits. Probably belts as well, because the belt angle's got to be right. Mm. So you probably have to fit in a a a box of height, probably like between 150 and and 185, so that the angle on the belts is correct for your shoulders. Yeah, I'm assuming that is probably why. All right, but anyway, that's just a guesstimate. Back to Hulkenberg blowing his engine. Yes. Well, was that a bit weird because he sort of pulled off on the inside of the inside of the track and yeah, then moved I, across the racing line to pull out? I think he was going to try and pull into the end of pit lane or something, but there's nowhere really to pull up. And he did the right thing in the end. He he pulled across and there was a, a little uh, a sort escape of road off escape turn road. one. Yeah, and, it, and they've got a little cut through with a fence facing so the... the the barriers are facing, obviously, so no one can hit the yeah, end yeah. of a and barrier. Yeah, they can just drag the car and they, back. Yeah, and they did a good job. They, they did it under double wave yellows on that and, and, and turned DRS off. And it, it was good. I think he did the right thing there. Something I do find interesting when engines blow is you can actually see the arrow at work off the rear wing and stuff. Yeah, you're right. And the vortices mm, off the rear wing. really cool. Yeah. I mean... Not so good I don't for them. Like, and not so good for Hulkenberg. I don't think he liked the smoke and the flames shooting out the back and getting diverted by all the air flowing over the rear wing. It's true. It's true. It is, it is, I didn't actually take that into account, but you're exactly right. You can actually see the wash off the car working behind the mm. car. Oh, it's good, but unfortunate. But then it was only like, what, a couple of laps later that we had our first Mercedes go kaput. Yes. So two laps later... Valtteri Bottas come out of turn three, I think it was, and bang. And a box full of neutrals. Mm. It didn't sound good. You listen to the onboard of that? Yeah. <laughs> lost hydraulic pressure yeah, uh, and, and couldn't select gears and possibly has done damage to the gearbox. Not good news for him for going towards Silverstone. Um, but, yeah, on lap 14, he had a gearbox failure. Now, Valtteri tried to do the right thing and, and find an escape road, but there was no cut through where they could pull the car. So we ended up with a virtual, virtual safety, safety car. car. Yes. Now, race-changing moment. Hit it, Michael. Everyone pitted except for one person. One and very, not... very unhappy person. Yeah. Now, look, you had the Red Bulls double stacked. Perfect, by the way. They in and out. Ferrari, same thing. Yep. Do you understand why Mercedes didn't pit? Or are um, you you a bit dumbfounded to why they didn't like? Uh, oh, Derek, what they told Ted, I don't think is a legitimate excuse that they were leading and they didn't want to risk it. They were leading and they didn't want to get caught behind a slower car with strategy. But I don't know. I think it was the, the risk sh- of not pitting was a lot higher than the risk of, of pitting. pitting. Yeah. So if one of the Red Bulls stayed out, they could have run up to the back of that Red Bull. And then waited it out until they they pitted. Or the time overlap from their, you know, the soft compound tires. I can't remember which compound they had on at the time, but the ones that they'll burn. Super softs and softs. Yeah, super softs. I think they had on. Yeah, yeah. you're right from from qualifying. Um, they they were not going to last. Everyone knew that. Hamilton already his tires were already Hamilton struggling. End up calling for new tires. Well, he was already struggling when the virtual safety car came out. He said, "Up, oh, these tires are toasted. Why didn't we pit?" So they would have just walked up to the back of the the Red Bull if they had a stayed out. I don't see how the the strategy in the head. Obviously, it's high. You know, there's a lot of pressure. They didn't have much time. They're the first car in the field to come past the pit lane. They can't see what everyone else is doing. They probably thought they would be safe 
i.e. the car would take longer than one lap to remove. Yeah. But the officials did such a good, good job. job. That he didn't get time to pit again. Yep. But before he even come around to pit lane, it was green flag, it was green flag racing again. So they but had to stay out. The stupid thing is, according to Ted, he said both Ferrari and Red Bull had all eight tires out before they entered the pits. That was premeditated. They knew they were going in. Like, you could have just looked, stuck your head out the pit going, oh, everyone's got eight tires out. I think they're all going to double stack. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they were, yeah, 100%. It was, it, as soon as the virtual safety car was called, they were all mm. going to double stack. It's the normal protocol. If there's a virtual safety car, you come in. Even if and then a the team, car. Yep. And the team will, after, like, it'll be, after so many laps, the normal protocol is to come in. Mm. If it's in your window, um, you know, that is, that's what you do. And for some reason, the Mercedes don't, didn't have that window or something. They wanted to stretch the stint longer. Well, they were talking about, were they a little bit, you know, emotionally annoyed that Valtteri, it was one of their cars that blew. So maybe they're like, oh shit, what do we got to do? Yep. What is this? Is that, that could have been playing in the back of their mind, but they're a professional race team. You should put that so. out the back I, of your mind and you've got a strategy, you've got a strategy advisor. Yep. Yep, and big call by the head strategist to come over the radio after Look, this. I think and that apologize. was a good thing. Straight up cleared it. Everyone's like, "All right, cool. That was his fault." In the end, storming a teacup because it doesn't matter. He could have pitted, had a thirty-second head lead. We knew by the end of like lap fifty or whatever, his car was going to blow up anyway. Yeah. So later on in the race, uh, as the race oh, went sorry, on, spoilers, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Later <laughs> in the race. Um, as Michael just said, his car blew up. It, it, the The new Mercedes engine obviously has had a drama and we're not sure. They haven't released what the drama was yet, whether it was an internal combustion component. Was it component an engine or upgrade this weekend or was it an aero upgrade and an engine upgrade last weekend? Engine upgrade last weekend. So this is second, second race. race. Um, but Hamilton, I think there is something to contribute here to the strategy as well. Hamilton had the thing turned up to 11, mm. going hard at it, oh, pushing it very, very it hard. 11. Did you see the steering wheel bit? When oh, they, yeah, that Anthony was, that was very, that, very well, was turning that? it to a two, actually. Is, yeah, yeah, two is part <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he had a, he had that thing fairly, fairly wound up, mm. probably in, nearly in qualifying mode, trying to pull up to the back of the cars to put pressure on them. Um, he would chewed his tires out really quickly and then he was whinging about tires and he got, he ended up having to do a second stop just like Daniel Ricciardo did not long before his uh, engine blew or not long enough. Yeah. Before the engine blew up. Now, once, once he did pit, he dropped back behind the two Red Bulls and the two Ferraris. Was it? No, he was only behind one Ferrari. Because yes. Yeah, so he was in front of Vettel. Mm. Uh, and behind Raikkonen and Daniel Ricciardo and Max was obviously leading the race at this stage and quite comfortably he was doing a pretty good job three to four seconds ahead of Daniel at that Huge stage um, and he was just managing it and doing a good job at the front there and then the pass of the round happened that I, I'm calling it the pass of the round I think it was fantastic and that is the pass that Vettel did on Hamilton now I think like you said before we, we were talking a bit before off air this is the pass that if you... No, I can't remember exactly what turn. It's probably turn four that they came into or something. But they'd come around the bend. Hamilton had really kept Vettel out 
quite wide, to be honest. Hamilton, Vettel ended up putting two wheels on the dirt. Yeah, along that straight. There. Yeah, yep. Um, and then when ha- Vettel managed to get up the inside of Hamilton, oh, did he leave him high and dry and left him out for ages? Yes, that Vettel would have been definitely so decided. annoying in like if in Hamilton's position. Like, oh God, I get it. You're up the inside. You're making this turn. Let me turn in already. And Vettel just waited till the last minute before he could turn in. Yeah, he definitely left him up on the high line. There. They were very close not to clip wheels, though. Yeah, they were. It was a, it was a, I think a bit of a message, uh, for for how he sort of scrubbed him into the dirt on the pass in the in the beginning as they were going along the straight. It and was then just, just a little set bit of Hamilton a, off thank again you. on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton had been uh, not overly happy, and basically that's when he was started calling for his second pit stop. Mm. Um, bad blistering he started to get on. Um, well, it was already pretty bad when Vettel passed him, but. And I think he ended up pitting. We don't know. He pitted twice. Hamilton pits. See, you need to do what I do. When you write your notes, you write down the lap time, the laps. Yeah, lap 46. Oh, I write laps and then what happened? I just can't see where I've written that he passed. That he, he must have been between 46 and 42. Yeah, somewhere around there. Something that I actually wanted to quickly touch on. We got a bump and run in Formula One on the first couple of laps. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the Raikkonen, Max Raikkonen and Max? Yeah. Not well, often you get a bump and run. Well, it wasn't a traditional bump and run. It's as close as a bump and run you can do in a Formula well, you, One car. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't do the traditional one with the front bumper. I.e. You're not going to have much front wing left. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. fragile up the front there. Oh, it must. Be, it's a risky move though to decide to touch tires. Mm, it was, it was. Uh on the, the, the opening lap I think it was as yeah, well. Yeah, it, it was, was it was a pretty commanding pass. Um, opening lap were definitely like within the first two or three laps. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that was I was like, ooh. I was thinking I might like, you can get pinged for that. Because he really he did unsettle um Kimmy's car. Oh he did. He moved him over. Kimmy kind of squeezed him to the apex though, and he was probably about halfway up the car, so he should have known he was there. Um, I think he did know he was there because he didn't try and take the apex. He just squeezed him. So I think and that's why there was no penalty. That Red Bull hit me. Like he knew, like he knew he was there. Yeah. Anyway, we really had a flurry of um, cars retiring this race, didn't we? So Renault was probably the worst of them, even though that Mercedes had a double DNF, which has not happened for a probably nearly a decade for them. I think. No. It, uh, yeah. Sorry, for, I mean DNF from engines or whatnot, oh, not well, crash. See, since Max Verstappen's been racing, right? Yes. You want a stat? I, I, every, I, time D, every time Mercedes have a double DNF, Max Verstappen wins, Kimi Raikkonen gets second, and Vettel gets third. Yes, this is true. It's twice. The last time that happened Spain. was the first race Max Verstappen did in the Red Bull. Yes, and our second episode ever. It's true. And I made a very made big a very prediction. Big call, and we've never made one that big before that come off. No, but it was pretty it. good, wasn't it? It was. It was great. If you haven't listened to it, go back to our first episode. I think it was the pilot. Could be, yeah. Must I did be. I did say that it was back. Okay, flashback. Flashback here. Flashback. You should do, a, it should do a cut in here, actually, of, of the prediction. He's now battling like Hamilton was two years ago. Yep. He will drive Hamilton into the sticks. Anyway, okay. I made a bold prediction anyway. He did. Uh, of, uh, of 
a crash between two Mercedes drivers mm-hmm. at the time, which were, were going uh, hammer and tongs at it uh, for a world championship. Oh, for a whole season, it was great. What happened to Ricardo? Well, so we had a we, we had a so basically we we're, we're just talking about the, the Mercedes having double DNF. Yeah, uh, Renault had some pretty big problems too because they had a Daniel Ricciardo and a Nick a Hulkenberg as well was out as well. So there was two Renault engines that caused dramas there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricciardo had a hydraulic failure and his gearbox ended up failing, which is. It's hard to say whether that's Renault or Red Bull because Red Bull kind of um, build their own gearboxes, so might not be Renault related. Um, it wasn't good. He lost a lot of power straight up, and there was that smoke down the main straight. Yep. Hartley had a problem, so yeah. Hartley was like, "Do you hear the team radio? Yeah, mate, yeah. we're all good." He's like, "No, we're not all yeah, good. We're, we're not good. <laughs> we're not good. <laughs> I'm parking it." <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Oh, it's done." Yep, so he had another hydraulic failure as well. Um, the Ferraris were very reliable and Extremely did pretty reliable. well on their tyres as well. Best, I would say the best team out there for tyres. Oh, tyres were... And being able to push. I think it was obviously the heat that was what was ruining all the tyres, but thinking, because when I seen the tyre selection again, I'm like, here we go, and there was like one stopper, one stopper, I'm like, another boring race, but this really was pretty much anything but. And when Hamilton... Re- Hamilton's engine gave out. God, how many people come flooding to the fence? Yeah, yeah, yep. It was a a sea of people come towards, it. and I don't think he showed them much love either. I don't know if they're heckling him or not, but I didn't think see he too much waving around. To sh- would you? Well, if you're I fighting it. for a world championship, and your your engine's given out, and you pull out in front of a massive crowd. Are you going to be like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Gone from the lead of a, ch- a championship as well to not in the lead anymore as well at this one race. So and he had a, a good lead as well. And now he had twenty four points or something. Or I don't know. Either way, he's losing by one point now. Yeah. So trailing by a point, not losing. By yeah, a point. he didn't seem quite in the mood. I was surprised how um, happy Daniel was. He was still happy was enough his to birthday. wave wave at the crowd and and be happy about all. all and he did all say his... at the end of the race, he's like, "Look, I can be, I can sit here and talk my sob story, but as a team, this is a great result. Congratulations to Max." We're all wearing stupid leader hosens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I did, did see he Rick- was. What did um, Hamilton put up on Instagram or saying? A photo of the all the Red Bull guys wearing their, their little get up going, you can't pay me to wear this or you'll never catch me wearing this. I'm like, I don't know, Hamilton. Have you seen what you've worn being caught wearing sometimes? Yes. Your idea true. of fashion is not that great either. Yeah. Yeah. He's in with all the fashionistas in in New York and Prague. Mm. Uh, a bit different to what the Red Bull boys are. <laughs> Actually, did... um, What's his name? One of the Sky News guys, or Sky F1 guys, the tall blonde guy, he talks. He was talking to Christian Horner at the start of the race, and he asked. He was saying, oh, you wouldn't catch me in this, blah, blah, blah. And Christian Horner says, oh, we've got to set out the back. And he's like, well, maybe if you win, I'll wear it. And I didn't think too much of it at the time. And I literally only just remembered there. Did he? I assume he didn't go through with it. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't even remember the guy's name. He was the one that got absolutely destroyed on the grid walk when Martin Brundle was away. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, know I, I wrote, um, Ricardo wanted to punch him. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he's like, mate, if you come in and interview this, I'm going to punch you. Like, yeah. He was, he was yeah, having a, right. uh, the talk engineer. with his engineer. Yeah. 
Anyway, we are running a little bit longer than what I wanted to. So do you want to quickly finish up on the race? Uh, well, finishing up on the race, uh, we we ended up with a Red Bull winning at a track that they've never won before. No, they never led more than five laps. And yep. I think Verstappen pretty much led from lap 14 onwards or when, or 20 odd when Hamilton pitted. I think uh, Max Ernst, driver of, of the, the round, day. and did a, a great job. Just managing the tyres was the main thing. So he had a good package, but probably didn't have the, the race pace if he needed to pit again to, to be able to yeah. even finish on the podium. Well, if what the, are the, the radio that they came over was pretty much like everyone's conserving, you know, everyone's concerned with the tyres, they're just conserving, and basically Max said, I've got this, don't worry. Yep. Said uh, Max said he's feeling good, so no dramas there. Told the engineers to chill out, and they did. Um, Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So, yeah, we ended up with Max winning the race, Raikkonen coming in second, Vettel third. A very good weekend for Ferrari. And one the of points. those ones, right? With Kimi, everyone going, oh, he can't make up positions on the start lap. Who cares where you make your positions up as long as you move up and you're getting consistent podiums? It's true, it's true, but he still hasn't won a race. I don't care. <laughs> he's third in the championship. He's won. He's had like consistent podiums. He's doing a fantastic job for Ferrari. Ferrari are now how many leading. points? How many points behind of Vettel is he? Uh, Let's have a look at that stat. Sebastian Vettel is on one hundred and forty-six, and Kimi is on one hundred and one. So he's forty-five points behind. That's literally like two full race weekends yeah, worth but, of points behind his yeah, teammate. Yeah, but seriously, stop standing up for the man. I love him too. He's quirky. He's great. I don't want him to leave F one. Let's fingers crossed look, if Alonso leaves that it, he will go to. If it McLaren. wasn't for Kimi, Ferrari wouldn't be leading the constructors' championship by ten points. Well, that's hard to say. If they had a different... Are you just saying if his points weren't a part of the team? So if there were a one-car team, they, they wouldn't would not be leading. <laughs> well. If they had Charles Leclerc, right, they would not be leading the championship. Well, well actually, never he know. did a fantastic job this weekend. He did. Well, he was actually off on, on, on lap two. He, he was. Went off he track. went well off wide. I thought he would hit the wall or something. He, he, he was come like, back. Um, he ended up having a bit of a battle with his teammate. His teammate ended up getting, there was a bit of uh, uh, engineers sort of made an agreement if uh, Ericsson can't get past the next Alonso. car. It was, uh, was it Alonso? No, they, they both passed Alonso, but it was the next car up the road. I can't remember who yeah, it was. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he did give the position back to Charles. Yeah, so he, the, 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 the whole idea was if uh, Ericsson can pass the next car up the road, he had to get the position back, which was, and Ericsson did on the last lap, he gave the position back. It was pretty harmoniously good. I think that's fine. I have, like I said, with the Lounsey incident with the, Yes. Can you go to the, the actual um, results? Yeah, because I think both of them finished in the they points. They did. This is the first double point score for Sauber since 2015. How good is that for that team? From well, it, last it helps. Year. It does help when you lose a Renault, a Mercedes, a Red Bull, a Toro Rosso, a Mercedes, and a McLaren. Look, all that taken in, you've got to make... Hey, when, when the sun, the sun shines. shines. Oh, exactly. And, and and they did this weekend, and that that's great for them. Uh, good effort and, from all and, the boys and girls there. And our main man, Charles Leclerc, is now has more points this year than Marcus Ericsson has his whole Formula One career. Yeah. 
that's probably why he's being looked at to move to to Ferrari to replace Kimmy, who shouldn't leave yet. I don't know if they're they're going to replace Kimmy with the clerk. I think there's a bit of, I don't know. We'll see. They need to replace Kimmy. Kimmy got one more year. You reckon he's got one more year? I think think Charles. If Daniel doesn't go there, I think Leclerc will go there next year. The year after, sorry. Yeah. I think I agree with you. If they if they don't take Daniel's option now. Uh, I think Leclerc will definitely, if he continues this form, he will definitely be there Stick in two years. Stick him in Sauber again, let another year. Well, Sauber's improving no ends as well. I know there's a lot of secondhand Doesn't tech matter. on that car from they Ferrari. They need all the help but, they can get, though, seriously. Well, and then, Look where they why, were two years ago. We should have more teams doing this sort of thing, making it more affordable for these lower teams. The only back market teams we've got now, unfortunately, is Williams. Well, pretty much they, they're still they're definitely... I miss Way Manor. down the back. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, and they it's a shame that no played. one brought Manor to to turn it into another team. I know we gained Hass around the same time, which was was okay, which was a new team, and they're doing really well. They are now. This they're... is the first time Roman Grosjean scored points this year. I know, isn't that crazy? And, and he finished and, fourth, and that's the an equal um, highest finishing for Hass. Mm. So that's one position off a podium. It's pretty impressive for a midfield team. All right. Anyway, do you Pink. want to talk about? The last line you've got on your notebooks on JD's notebook. What is your last note? That you uh, took? Just controversial, and you've already brought it up with me pre-show. Sebastian Vettel drank a lot of Red Bull this weekend in front of cameras, which was very odd to me. Ah, uh, you're not. Sp- Look, if Lewis Hamilton was on the grid on the podium drinking a Red Bull, yeah, sure, shit's going to go down, but. Vettel and Christian Horner still have a good little buddy buddy relationship. I I know they all they the Reb, he didn't leave on bad terms, which was good for him, and I, I think that's good for the team as well because they both helped each other to some amazing things. Obviously, four world championships, huge do, huge numbers of wins. It's with one them. of those things that sometimes you just got to mix things up. You got to challenge yourself. And maybe... I just wonder maybe how Ferrari felt about him drinking Red Bull, not in front of international what they yeah, quote the numbers 440 of 440 million people heard james tell Lewis yeah he lost the race yeah for him. so that's the number i was looking for yes yeah pretty pretty big numbers of advertising for uh an opposition well, he didn't really stand out it's not like he took, stood on the grid like and this is my red ball everyone have a look at that it was just in his hand well, yeah that's like saying he was just wearing a ferrari you know jumpsuit yeah. he wasn't trying to show it to anyone it was there. It was in his hands. Kid's seen it. <laughs> oh, well. Red Bull's fine. I, I like Red Bull. The drink and the team. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, anyway, good job for Max. They, and this is also the first time in Formula One history that three teams have won three races from the first nine rounds. How good is that for F1 as well? Well, I remember we were talking about this when, Val- uh, not Valtteri, what was his name? Pastor Malmanado won a race in Spain, and everyone's like, this is the first time we've had... Oh, no, I don't think it was the first, but we had seven different drivers from the first seven races. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy year. And, that's... and then we changed everything. <laughs> was that it? No, that was 2012. We had a couple more years. Yeah, That yeah. was the year that for Alonso came close. Or was He was so close to winning that championship. There's been a few Come close uh, championships over the years, but... 2010, 2012. Since we've had these new engines, it's been not... Mercedes. Yeah. It's been all that one year that one was team. close between Mercedes. Yeah, it's, it's always been teammates. All right. That's the Formula One done. If there's anything else we missed, I'm sorry. Um, 
let's quickly knock out our predictions. What? Yeah. No, it's just... I know, you're looking board. at the blank board. There's no whiteboard. <laughs> Jesus, mate, we already touched on this. I've been playing the forest all weekend. I'm sorry. All right. Predictions. Now, we've got a big lineup of predictions this weekend. Oh, yeah, so, so we have one of the first twos. times of the year. We've done it, I think, once or twice previously. We've had a triple Three. header. Yes. Now, we have Super 2s, obviously, as Michael was just touching on. Uh, we have the Virgin Australian Supercars. And we have Formula One. Now, look, you're going to have to watch Silverstone because I will be at Townsville. That's no excuses, mate. No excuses. Okay, I'll try. When I get back to my hostel, <laughs> I'll try and watch the Formula One on my phone. <laughs> there we go. That's better. That's better. That's what I'm looking I'll for. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Michael is going to head over to Townsville with our, our co-presenter. That uh, Reserve. No, yeah, co-presenter. Well, re- reserve presenter. I don't know what you want to call it. Co-presenter. Never. Uh, a good mate of ours, Mitch, mm-hmm. uh, is is heading over there with Michael. So they're going to be doing a bit of uh, Look looking Facebook around. They and might stuff. do a bit of Facebook living if they got time over there and they and find some appropriate locations. Yeah, um, that would be good. Uh, and what's your predictions well, now? Who do you want to start on? What? We'll do Super Twos first. Super Twos. Okay, let's right, I'm going ahead. Bryce. He's Bryce. in the Commodore. I think this is his best chance. Um, maybe a bit eager to go first round result in a new car they hasn't driven, but hell, crazier things have happened. Max just won a race that we didn't even think he was going to get anywhere close. I would be very happy for that. I, I, I agree with you. They've got good data as well from last year. Because Todd um, won last Todd year. Todd bo- won both races, I think, last mm-hmm. year. So they, they do have good data. I think maybe it and might take a week. Bryce got a podium last year there. He did. Bryce moved into the... It was the first race he did the in the Nissan, and he ended up with a third place on the podium for the weekend. It just seems like he adapts the cars fairly He does. Quickly. quickly yep. When they're, That's because you've driven six well. different of them. <laughs> yep. When the, when the car's capable, he's normally pretty well on the pace. So. Right. And your prediction? Wait, we should be writing this down. I don't have a notebook. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, my prediction for Super 2s... Michael's uh, prediction, Bryce. So what do we got? Super 2s. Super S2s. Uh, SC. Mick. Our main game. Yeah. Mick. Uh, so you're going Bryce? Bryce, yep. Um, JD. I am going to go with... Ooh. We haven't seen Super 2s in a while, and I know you're thinking Dumbrell, but remember uh, Dean Fiore uh, and Chris Pitha. I know, I and, know. And, you know, the Kisteki boys are looking pretty quick. Yes, and and Alex Wilbo has actually been doing a really good job this year mm, as well. And the Nissans did quite well there last yeah, year. I think they true. come home second behind um, Todd. Yes, yeah, so LeBrock ended up second last year, and uh, the third place ended up going to Bryce after Shay Davies made a mistake, I think it was. Yep, yep, and turn whatever the last one is. Yep, turning onto the, the, the final straight. straight on the last lap. Um, ooh. Let's lock in. I don't think I've picked Dumbrell this year. No, you haven't. I'm, I'm going to pick Dumbrell. Dumbrell. Yep. All right. PD. Now, main game. All right. Do you want to do an honourable mention? Like who you think might be good? Walkinshaw might be good. I think they I think they will be good. I think they'll be very good. James Courtney. Okay. 
Uh, I am going to go with... Or triple A. I think, I think Shell's going to be quick again. I think they've nutted out the, the tyre this year now. I think the start of the year, they weren't as dominant because they didn't have the tyres. Uh, sort of the head around the tyres with the car, the way they engineer the car. Uh, as of last year, they were quite competitive with the fact that they knew how they worked, what not changed the tyre. Um, I'm going to go Shane. Triple Eight though. Yeah, Triple Eight. Yeah, I'm going to go Shane. Yeah. All right. No, that's that's good. Well, who, have you, can you see who won last year? Um. Yep. Um. Scott McLaughlin and Jamie Wincup. There you go. We'll probably both be wrong. I'm sure that. I would say that's probably who'll win again. <laughs> anyway. On to F1. F1. We might as well not pick the obvious ones. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, I was just seeing where they were last year. But see, look, look see what, what Jamie's, James, Cor- James Courtney. Jamie their Courtney. Car, their car has their come cars are so way. much better than what they were last year where James Courtney finished ninth. But yeah. they do well on that track. So I'm I'm backing them in that new car. All right, Formula One. Uh, we are at Silverstone. Ooh. I'm going Hamilton because I think he's going to – he's just the home ground. I, You know, he wins there. Um, and I really want a point. <laughs> it is true. It's true. He is the obvious pick. I don't think one, his engine's going to blow up this weekend. I feel that they have the, the race pace at the moment and the qualifying pace to be dominant. I think that's a good pick. Um, I think the track's going to suit them. It's a lot of high – flowing corners as well so they they tend to be mercedes tend to struggle a little bit more on tighter tracks versus because the, they're so long yeah exactly they're, they're, it's not that their aero is crap or anything like that it's just that their wheelbase the is very long it's very very good for these you know going through beckett's and stuff where you're flat and, uh just so many it's high a, piece. it's a good track yeah it is when you nail Silverson, you're like, yes, I enjoyed so, that. I, I can imagine it's it's going to be hard to beat them. Um, I'm going to go for the obvious... Patel. Um, yep, for All Seb. Right. Uh, the obvious uh, protagonist there. Um, and see how that goes. But fingers crossed, you know, maybe the Red Bulls can be in the mix. High downforce, a lot of sweeping yeah, fast corners. Yep, they've done well there know. before. Stuff could happen. Okay. Anyway... That is our show, done and dusted for this week. We'll be back next week after a next week's going to be a big one, but it should be a good weekend. So everyone enjoy the racing. Um, did you you going to add anything? No. Well, there is actually one more race going on this. Well, one more big race meeting on this weekend. Actually, what is it? NT titles for go karts is on this weekend. Huh. I'll be down there helping spannering for Kevin. Kevin, yep. I helped I him on, the, on this weekend. He won the won the territory state cup. Ooh, last that's pretty weekend. Good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Nice big trophy. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed we can uh, oh, double it up. Kevin. He's racing two classes this weekend. So what, what classes uh, is he racing? He's racing in in leopard light and also in the new, basically what I used to race in the in the clubman class. Yep. I think it's now called KA3. They've changed all the When are you going to get back into the heavies, ma'am? I actually probably will be back in lights when I go back oh. because I'll be racing tag. So now, the, see, the if weight... I'm going to race carts, I'm going to race in heavies. Why is that? Because me and the big boys can sit at the back. <laughs> <laughs>
You, you're not that much heavier than me. I'm pretty sure you could probably almost squeeze into light. So I'm, I, I think it would be. I actually think you're lighter than me now. Uh, anyway, we don't need to discuss <sighs> so weight. It's not on. a weight, <laughs> weight show. No one cares. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's what we're going to be doing this weekend down there. If you're from Darwin or in Darwin anywhere, Head down to the DK. Come down and check it out. It's Darwin it's going to be association. It's a really good track, it's, it's, especially at night. It's, it's lit up. It's going to be a pretty amazing meeting. It's actually the first year that we're doing a Friday qualifying session oh, for our anti-titles. Yeah, so their practice starts Thursday, they practice Friday, and then Friday afternoon there'll be qualifying sessions. They're actually having four heats, or three heats, a pre-final and a final this weekend, so it's oh, massive. It's one more race than we normally do. Well, if I was here, I would have come down, but I'm not, so I can't. The actually, they have a twin-engine Rotax was there on the weekend. Really? Yeah, we've got an open class for this we year's We need those title. shifter carts. There was a shifter cart here last oh, year. Oh, I like the shifter carts. They're a, quick. Yeah, they are quick. Actually, one of my mates owns one. It's a, he's got it in his shed. I want to actually take it out for a drive. But yeah, they, they're, they're something different to drive. This twin-engine Rotax uh, Swiss Hutless um, laid black tracks coming out of one of, uh, well, I'm not sure if you know the corner, but it's it's our hairpin on track Yeah, four. yep. Going uphill. And it's quite a steep hill. It is. He laid two licorice straps down that straight. Yeah, that's how much horsepower these things have got. Yeah, absolutely smoked it. That's pretty good. Anyway, that is us done and dusted. If you have anything you want to write into us, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breaking late, or you can email us breakinglate at gmail.com, or you can just check out our website, breakinglate.com. But that is us done and dusted for this week. We'll be back next week to recap. All the racing from another big weekend of sport. Catch you later, guys. Cool. See ya. Bye. Bye.